Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 10, 7 through 23, called The Kingdom of Heaven is at Hand. So we're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. The kingdom of heaven is at hand is the message. We're going to tackle verses 7 through 23. And we're, uh, I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able for the reading of the word of God. Matthew 10, 7. In case you're new to us, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Jesus addressing the 12, Matthew 10, 7 says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's our title. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely received, freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two coats or sandals or a staff for the worker is worthy of his support. Whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it and stay at his house until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But if it is not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. Whoever does not receive you nor heed your words, as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. Truly I say to you, 15, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles." But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say. For it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. It is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Brother will betray brother to death and father a father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. But whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. You can have a seat. Father, thank you for this word. We know that your word is alive and powerful. And as we continue to explore the kingdom of God, what does it mean What is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God? Who's part of it? What does it mean to us to live for the king and the kingdom? We're going to explore some of those things, and we're going to look at a verse in 1023 that we just read that we need understanding, Lord, about what it means when you said you won't finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. What does that mean, and to whom were you speaking? So, Lord, we need our thinking caps today. We need the help of your Holy Spirit We know that each time we open these doors, we want to see people experience the kingdom of God. We know you're here. We know the kingdom is near to us. Even if uh, we're not a believer yet, we're here experiencing the 
the truth of the kingdom and even the power of the kingdom. So help those who don't know you yet to know that they can enter through Jesus Christ and be saved. And Lord, for all of those who are already citizens of the kingdom, may you give us further understanding about both our mission and understanding about the kingdom of God and how we're even to understand what you said in verse 23. So give us your help. We know that you will. And we lay this time at your feet and we pray that our response to you would be pleasing. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So uh, look back a little bit and you're gonna, we're gonna turn in our Bibles quite a bit today, but look back in the immediate context of verse five. Jesus has chosen the 12. We have their names last time we were together. And Jesus sent out, uh, sent them out after instructing them, saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles or non-Jews. Do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven, uh, I believe this is an inter- interchangeable title with the kingdom of God. You can write down Mark 1.15. Is at hand, or if you have an NIV, the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, before we define the kingdom of heaven one more time, I want you to see that this is what John the Baptist preached, and it's what Jesus preached. If you look back for a moment, just turn back to chapter 3 of Matthew, verse 2. John the Baptist was that voice crying in the wilderness, And here's what John said, repent, Matthew 3, 2, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You can see that is at hand is a phrase repeated. Turn over to 4, 17. Jesus, the same thing. From that time, Matthew 4, 17, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then flipping all the way to our current passage, chapter 10, the instruction of what the disciples or apostles are going to preach. As you go, 10-7, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And of course, repentance would be implied there. And I think in another gospel, it says they preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Can you see the theme come up over and over again? And you might have questions about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. What is it? And how are we to understand it in terms of our own lives? Let me read a little paragraph from my notes. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is the rule or kingship of God over those in his kingdom, i.e. citizens. They live under his rule, following his ways. The citizens of the kingdom have both privileges and responsibilities. The kingdom of God is not so much about geography as it is about community. A community that shares the same Lord, wherever they may be, whether it's in the U.S., Iran, China, and the same allegiances. Jesus is the king, and thus his lead is what his citizens follow. It's his wisdom that we seek. It's his heart that we desire to live. No matter where the the citizens of the kingdom may be, we experience the freedom of the kingdom. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Now, at the time that Jesus is walking the earth, Roman occupation is happening over Israel. That is, Israel is under the domination of Rome. Yet Jesus preaches freedom for those who belong to the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? 
If you think about the lost sheep of Israel and think about the immediate audience in this context, God chose Israel as that covenant nation. He basically essentially married them at Mount Sinai. There was a a covenant, a marriage contract, if you will, what we would know as a ketubah and responsibilities of the citizens, etc. And basically God said, I'll be your king. Pharaoh's not your king, I'm your king. And Moses led them out. And God wanted to be king over the nation. And that nation was the keeper of the word of God. Of course, copying the Hebrew scriptures. And the messianic line would come through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, etc. Much of which we already know. And at one point in Israel's history, there's a critical moment where the nation begins to ask for a king. They say, we want a king like all other nations have kings. And Samuel, the prophet, is brokenhearted over this. And he's troubled. And God says to the prophet, don't you worry about it, paraphrasing. They haven't rejected you from being king. They've rejected me from being king over them. Give them what they want. And they got a king named Saul. And Saul, his name literally means asked for. They got what they asked for. Be careful what you ask for. Now, Saul looked good. He was taller than everybody else, head and shoulders above the rest. He looked like a leader. He was handsome. But Saul blew it. Saul would not follow the lead of the ultimate king, and he got replaced by someone better than him, namely a man named David. And David was a man after God's own heart. He would represent the king and the kingdom in a correct way. Now, not a perfect way. We know David made his mistakes, but we talked about last Sunday how David cast a shadow all the way to the greater David, that is, the Messiah. And now, in Israel's history, think about where we are, the Messiah or the king has arrived. He's come to the nation. The nation rejected the kingship of God. And remember what happened. As king of, after king uh, was instituted, whether in the north or the south, very few kings ever arrived on the landscape, right? Every king in the north was wicked. They had a few good kings in the south. And the kings led them astray, And the only kings that were good were the kings that called the nation to repentance and would knock down the high places to the false gods and reinstitute commitment to Yahweh. That was a good king. But they were very few and far between because men, when they get roles of leadership, have feet of clay. And many compromised, even Solomon compromised with his many foreign wives. And so the nation wouldn't listen. The prophets came and finally 400 years of silence from the book of Malachi in the Italian Malachi to the book of Matthew. And all these prophecies now are pointing to the arrival of the king. One thing that I want to show you just if you look ahead to Matthew 21, Jesus is writing in in the triumphal entry. Matthew 21, take a, take a look with me. And the people are quoting from Zechariah chapter 9. And look what they say. Say, Matthew 21, 5, to the daughter of Zion. That's the people of Israel. Behold, what's your Bible say? Your king is coming to you. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Pastor Michael invites you to watch our recent A Step Closer series with guest speaker Red Pen Logic's Tim Barnett. Believe it or not, if you have doubts and questions about your Christian faith, you're not alone. The recent deconstruction movement phenomenon has a number of Christians rethinking what parts of the Bible they identify with. But is the movement simply about having doubts? If deconstruction is just about asking questions, I'm just asking questions, I'm, I'm going through some doubts, then declaring war on it would be wrong and actually unbiblical. But if deconstruction is about leading people away from historic Christianity, then declaring war on it is completely appropriate and biblical. Pastor Michael invites you to watch our recent A Step Closer series with guest speaker Red Pen Logic's Tim Barnett. Download the free Walk in Truth app available in your app store today. You can also listen to the first part of this conversation when you listen to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Behold, what's your Bible say? Your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. If you're taking notes, a parallel in John 12, 15 puts it this way. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming Seated on a donkey's colt, John 12, 15. What's Passion Week about? The week that Jesus was going to die. Turn back to Matthew chapter 10. The king has come on a saving mission. And when the people saw him riding in on the colt, they took palm branches, which were symbols of their patriotism and nationalism. Now here we are, we're on the verge of a 4th of July holiday in the United States. We're a a nation founded on biblical principles, yes, with imperfect men, but an undoubted commitment to the God of the scriptures and the scriptures themselves. And we celebrate an Independence Day from tyranny. Do you know that the 4th of July is a celebration of freedom of worship? When the founders came over here, they did not want a state-run church dictating to them how they could worship God. This nation was founded with the hope of freedom of worship, despite all the revisionistic history that you hear. And so when you celebrate and you have a barbecue on Tuesday, I hope you will remember that as imperfect as the founders may have been, They had a commitment to the God of the Bible and the Word of God. And this nation has moved far away from that. Now, I want to draw the parallel with Israel. We're not Israel. We live in contemporary America. But here's the point. Israel had abandoned their underpinnings, their foundation, their king. And now the actual king has come from heaven to come on a saving mission. And they're waving palm branches, uh, which are symbols of patriotism in that day. But did they understand his mission? Look, there's your king. Behold, here he comes. But when he looked at the city, he cried over it. And he said, if you only knew the day of your visitation, the king has come to visit you, and yet you didn't understand. And now these things are hidden from your eyes. And famously, Jesus said, your house is left to you desolate. That is, 
You, if you put your trust in that building, that temple where all those sacrifices occur, and you don't have me, the king, at the center of it, there, it's, there's nothing. And desolate is actually a word that would happen. They would experience a total desolation of that holy place because it had largely abandoned the king. So Jesus had come to save his people from their sins. They largely did not recognize his visitation this is early on. This is, you know, uh, not so far into Jesus' ministry now. And this original preaching tour, you could call it house to house, uh, city to city evangelism, Jesus says, I want you to go, back in chapter 10, verse 6, go to the lost sheep of the nation. Go to the house of Israel and preach and say to them, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what does that mean? It's at hand. In order to understand the phrase, which I think is important, I want you to turn to two scriptures in Matthew. 26, 18, all the way towards the end of Matthew. If We'll try to put verses up as we can here. 26, 18, I just want you to see the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and see it used in two other places in Matthew. The Greek word is engizo, it's A-G-G, I'm sorry, E-G-G-I-Z-O. But here's the important part. Look at Matthew 26, 18. Jesus said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is what? At hand. That's the same Greek word. I am to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Look ahead in the same chapter, verse 45. Jesus came to the disciples, 26, 45, said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand. Same Greek word. The son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the 12, came up or arrived, accompanied by a great multitude with swords and clubs, etc. Back to Matthew chapter 10. Here's something I want you to see. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God was at hand for the Jewish nation. It was near. Jesus said in another scripture, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is upon you. The kingdom was brought near in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the question would be, what would the nation do with the actual arrival of the king? Now, Jesus has been preaching. He preaches manifesto in Matthew 5 through 7. We know it as the Sermon on the Mount. He's been doing all these incredible miracles. And now he's going to multiply the laborers to get the message out to the lost sheep or the lost nation. And he sends the 12 out. Many hands make light work. So he knows that the efforts can be in many ways duplicated if they go out. So he's giving them instructions. And he says, I want you to preach. The kingdom is at hand. Here's just a a couple other parallel verses. Romans 13, 12 says, The night is almost gone and the day is at hand. Let us therefore lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. James 5, 8 says, You too be patient. Strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. James 5, 8. And then finally, 1 Peter 4, 7, if you're taking notes, the end of all things is at hand. Same Greek word. Therefore be of sound judgment, sober in spirit for the purpose of prayer. So the disciples are to go out. They're to go door to door. I remember uh, some years back, Paul Hicks, for those of you who know Paul, we officially call him the woo-hooer. He likes to say, woo-hoo, 
Anyway, so we went behind the church, the old location, and we were going door to door. And there was a house like right behind the back wall of the church, the parking lot. And we come to this door. It's the first door we're going to. And we're going to do door to door. And we prayed and we got ourselves prepared and ring the bell. And Paul's kind of taking the lead. And the guy opens the door. He goes, hi, uh, uh, I'm Paul Hicks from Living Truth. Nice to meet you, sir. And the guy turned on us. He went, I know where your church is. And if I want to go to your church, I'll come to you. You don't need to come to me. I'll come to you. (laughs) And sometimes you don't know how to quite respond to that, you know? Everybody tells you, don't worry. Most Americans are totally open if you invite them to church. Yeah, right. That's the first door. Guy was breathing fire. And Paul only a response that could be Holy Spirit-led said, well, well, God bless you, sir, and we'll hope to see you one day. He put his hand. The guy wouldn't even shake his hand. Poor brother Paul. And you know what we did? We did this. Hold on, sir. We're just going to do a biblical thing. No, we didn't do that. Although Jesus said we could. Shake the dust off your feet. I don't recommend that especially for people who are real sensitive about their carpets and, you know, anyway. You've been listening to The Kingdom of Heaven is at Hand, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew, Chapter 10, Verses 7 through 23. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. You know, whenever we start thinking about preaching, right, going out and preaching, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, we, we sometimes imagine a person with a sandwich board, you know, screaming at people from the corner of a street or, you know, that kind of thing. And maybe we think of uh, groups that might knock on our door and we're, you know, not necessarily thrilled that they're there. And, and you say, I'm a Christian, but how do I get more active in reaching out? I want you to think about how did you come to faith in Christ? Was, was it a friend, a family member? Was it a, radio program? Was it uh, a stranger who said something to you, handed you a gospel track? Think about that. And then think about, okay, so if that happened for me, how could I apply the same principles? Now, maybe you had someone practice friendship evangelism with you, bought you a cup of coffee. You know, they were kind, they were benevolent, loving, and then they got to the gospel. There are different approaches for different contexts, If you're seeing a person every day at work, you might chip away. If you have a one-time opportunity, you kind of have to get to the heart of the matter, right? So you can ask the Lord for wisdom in every situation, but just thinking about uh, reaching out, even if it scares you, it might drive you to more prayer. And therefore, maybe it'll even drive you to get a little bit more creative. If you work at a company, you might If you've already identified some other Christians, maybe you can strategically start praying for your coworkers and maybe even a specific coworker on a certain day of the week. Those are ways to get a little bit creative. You can use gospel tracts. There's different ways to 
reach out, but I would encourage you to do so because we are on mission until he comes. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. Hey, if you want to know more about us, the website is walkintruth.com, walkintruth.com. We are passionate about teaching the Word of God, passionate about reaching out, and we would love for this ministry to go into more places in our country and around the world. The Lord's doing wonderful things through the radio ministry and the podcasting, but we want to do more. Would you join us? Would you become a partner today? You could do 20 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month, whatever you can do. It really does help. Walkintruth.com. We are completely listener supported, but I will tell you that our home church is footing about half or more than half of the radio bill. We'd like that to be all listener supported. It does take time. Would you keep us in prayer? Would you partner with us today? Don't think someone else is going to do it. <laughs> if the Lord's speaking to you, then it's you. Walkintruth.com. Click on that donate tab and partner with us today. God bless you. And we'll see you right here tomorrow. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 10, 7 through 23, called The Kingdom of Heaven is at Hand. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.